Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome and happy holidays to all of our listeners. We have an exciting episode today. Not only do we get to talk about the Bachelorette finale, we get to do so with the amazing Dr. Montana Smith, who is an alum of UNI and also got her PhD at the best performance studies program in the nation, LSU. Um, so um, Montana, tell us what you're up to now. Tell us a little bit about life. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you for a warm introduction. Uh, I am teaching at Drake right now. I do public speaking there. And then I'm also working part-time at the Iowa Arts Council here in Des Moines, uh, helping them with communication and marketing. Montana is so awesome. She's not only is she wildly brilliant, she is so good at getting people to have fun together like you're so good at creating community and having fun and um as we were like preparing things you remind she's also watched my kids for me yeah so you remind us of your what what are college students for if not getting them to watch your children or your pets we have a very small list of students that we entrust with our pets um so yeah I mean, that's good to hear. I've done so much for Danielle and Ryan. I babysat Harper when he was so young. I've mowed their lawn. I've like house sat for them, a bunch of stuff. <laughs> you you painted my grout for me one time, didn't you? Yes, and I had a fabulous time doing it. I'm not going to lie. I actually enjoyed how uh, it made my uh, OCD-like behaviors very happy <laughs> i feel like someone in a compliance and equity right now is like oh god oh god like, i think i generously paid her for right. her labor yeah you did um, yep up and up yes but i remember i was babysitting harper he was very he was like little little baby mm-hmm. uh and i don't remember where y'all were at but they asked me to babysit and I came over and he was just crying a lot. So I put him uh, in the, is it a swaddle, Danielle, or whatever that kind of like baby holder is that you put on your chest. Oh, like the doula, <laughs> the the yeah. rap thing that I had for him. Yeah. yeah. So I put him in that and I just did laps and was singing 3AM by Matchbox 20 because it was like the only song I could think of that I knew all the lyrics to. And he fell asleep on me and it was perfect. And so, yeah, I wrote, that I think that's when I realized that I have a passion and a mild talent for mediocre karaoke. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? So we have to do question of the day, but I was just thinking, Danielle, the question of the day should have been, what is your go-to karaoke song? Can we switch it up? Sure. Go with like go-to karaoke song. Okay. Okay. Sorry to throw the audible at you all. What, (laughs) who wants to go first? Uh, it's all that she wants by Ace of Face. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. That's my go-to karaoke song. That is good. What's what about, your bill? Uh, so if I can find a woman to sing the woman's part, it is Love Shack by oh, the B-52s. Yeah. And uh, one time when we were on vacation in the Bahamas, 
uh, two of my friends and I sang it. And in my memory, it is like the greatest karaoke moment that's ever happened. But Elaine somewhere has a picture and like all of the Bahamians in the bar look like they're asleep. But like in my <laughs> mind, which is what really makes a good karaoke, like they had their lighters out, like, you know, yeah. so yeah. My nasal I, does a good. <laughs> mine kind of depend. Mine depends. I have a lot of different ones, and I have actually spoken to my friends with about this as well. It depends on who your audience is and what time it is. Probably the type of liquor you've had too. Yeah, and kind of you gotta assess the the vibe of whatever space you're in. Really? But some of mine are. I do uh, Valerie by Amy Winehouse. I do uh, Let's Give Them Something to Talk About by Bonnie Raitt. Oh, those are like my, name. yeah, those are like my early night songs. And then if we get really into it and it's, you know, non-COVID, like 2 a.m., uh, I would go for Like a Prayer by my Madonna is oh, like my all-time go-to. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's a crowd pleaser. It is. That's why it has to be a little late so people feel like they can get into it because I, I think they want to, but they need a little courage, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that you take like audience based, like yeah. public speaking in, apply it to karaoke. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's important to apply our skills in yeah. multiple situations. Yeah. Just a little quick audience analysis before you before you start off. That's a level of karaoke I have not achieved. <laughs> Like I, I don't have the range. Like I, I guess I didn't realize the range that you have. <laughs> my college roommate and I used to get drunk and sing Jesse's girl all the time. Another yeah. one that in my mind, like, like people were throwing bras at us and yeah. like, but I'm sure it was like the chef, like telling us to get the hell out of this tiny dive bar <laughs> in Ames, Iowa. Yeah. I, I don't know words to any songs. I'm notoriously terrible at, not really knowing lyrics and I'll just make it up. So, or like, you know, Ryan will be like, Danielle, you know, that song's like about a stalker. And I'll be like, no, <laughs> like I thought it was just about windows. And I don't Wait, know. It's um, some song that's about a peeping Tom that I didn't know was about a peeping Tom. Ryan would be able to, he could, he can fill us in, but I I don't know because I don't know I don't remember songs. Is it Silent Eyes? I don't think so. I, I keep know, thinking though. I keep I thinking know. of uh, that. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Uh, that like '80s song. <laughs> this is like I forgot probably from like our high school era. Bill, hmm. I don't know if I'll. I'll fill you in. Well, listeners, don't worry. I'll I'll yeah. solve this mystery for we'll you. We'll post it. We'll post it on the website. <laughs> if there's mm. any if there's any people out there uh, who have to do a song lyrics and you want to sponsor us, we can <laughs> collab. Yes, absolutely. Still looking for a sponsor. So I suppose we should talk about this amazing uh, yeah. night finale. Yeah. Uh, and if you had to give it one word, what would, what's your one word? Closure. Oh. Yeah. I like closure. I, I went with like just a lot. Like it was a lot. <laughs> 
I don't really know if I could summarize it with one word. There was a lot going on. I appreciate that you recognize that a lot is two words because as a college professor who corrects papers, that is one of the things that I'm constantly, and you're a you're, you're a college professor as well. It's like, I'm always like a lot is, or a Facebook user. Right. That's gotta be one of the most abused words on Facebook. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think my word was um, decision. Mm. Right. She has to make some tough decisions. So yeah. it, this this first episode on Monday night starts out with a date with Ivan and they're in an ice bath. So talk to me. Yes, no, thoughts on the ice bath. I don't have any words, so I would love to hear what y'all have to say about it. My, I guess before I was even thinking about the ice bath, I was wondering if like the order of the fantasy suites matters or plays a part in decision-making. So that's kind of what I was thinking about while Ivan was on his date. Cause I felt like he kind of got the short end of the stick. Yeah. A little bit. Um, I don't know. I, we were talking about that in the COVID watching pod and how like in the past, I think once they do their hometowns, they never come back. Right. And so, like, the guys don't really know what the order is. But I feel like this time it was painfully obvious that they knew what the order was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah, felt- I think that that was a lot different because I remember, well, I had a couple questions. One, in earlier seasons, did they only do fantasy suites with the top two guys? Like, I don't remember there always being three until like later seasons. Do you remember, Bill? I think that they have typically done three and then you do a, um, and then you do like, you eliminate one, you meet her family and then you get like, sometimes they do like almost a fantasy suite for the remaining two guys, like a second one. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was thinking of the, the Ed, do you remember Ed from long ago that had the erectile dysfunction problem and he said he was sunburnt and he couldn't show her his love. But then when they did the second night thing, like when they went into the room, they did a whole montage of like fireworks going off and like <laughs> faithful. And um, yes, I remember that. Cause that was like, actually I thought that that montage was kind of brilliant. Yeah. Whoever oh. the person, the video videographer, whoever stitched it together, I was like, all right, yes. like you earned your money this year, bud. Well, because with Pilot Pete, there was Hannah Ann, Maddie, and Vi- Vanessa, was it? Victoria. Like, and they, Victoria, thank you. Yes, Victoria. And the three of them, like, were still staying with each other during the fantasy suites. And I think that that was, like, really uncommon. And so it does, it produces these super awkward. Right. But then Hannah Brown. I think they weren't together because they did like the the whole windmill sex thing. And, but I think she like met them places. Yeah. Yes. Get to see each other quite as. Yeah. So I I'm a no for the ice bath. Um, I will say my wife is amazing. Elaine is amazing at ice baths. When she trained for her marathon, she would like take them all the time and it doesn't bother her. But 
like when I trained for my Ironman, I did them and I hated them. I load them like I so saw kudos to them. I hate being cold. I hate being cold. There's like that. It would be like not my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I would I would be cold the whole rest of the night, probably just fall asleep trying to keep myself warm. Like I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And the <laughs> it seems to be like a new thing that they're going to like break world records on this show my like third grade self thinks that's awesome you know but like my adult self is just like what is happening you all have the guinness book of world records in third grade and there was like a fight for it every time (laughs) like who got to read it at story time or like independent reading time I spent so much time like trying to decide what record I thought I would try to break and like that was a huge like life goal as like a third grader. Yeah. I was always really interested in kind of like the Ripley's believe it or not type of records where they were just a little bit strange. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. Well, I think like a lot of these records are strange and Right. Yeah. So anyway, so they they seem to do okay in the ice bath together though Mm -hmm. and then afterwards you know they ivan says that he's falling in love with her um they're in the awesome camper thing the air Um, what (laughs) the airstream camper it's called an airstream yeah the airstream camper (laughs) that's i appreciate that you know that bill oh yeah yeah real nice Um, real nice camper (laughs) I did like that they were eating donuts and drinking champagne too. Like I thought that that was a pretty nice touch. I think many viewers were concerned about the quality of the bed in the Airstream camper though. Well, Ivan's a tall guy and that bed did not look like it was long enough for him. It was, it was like a bed in a box. Like it was just like closed in on all sides. There was no room to even stand next to it right so that's why i thought that ivan kind of got uh, shafted a little bit with these dates except for when we get to brendan that's a different story though but um yeah that was weird to me so what do you all think about their connection at this point like i thought they were they were kind of golden i thought i thought it went really well they did allude at in the morning to their talk about religion um, which then came up when Ivan got sent home. Um, right. but I thought it was a positive talk about religion, listening to them the morning after the fantasy suite, but apparently it wasn't. And so I don't know if maybe he said he was an atheist or he's agnostic or he's some other type of religion and she's some other type, but it was a head roads. Yeah. I got, I have like a lot of group messages that I'm in during Bachelorette because we're all just kind of like texting back and forth the whole time. And when Ivan got sent home randomly, I got exploded with text messages about what just happened because it felt like it came out of nowhere. And he seems so confident, you know, too. And I really, I really like them together. The one thing that I did notice is I always watch to see when they say goodbye. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, is it hard for them to say goodbye? Do they kind of like, is this a, is this a Danielle? Like, are we getting like a professor moment here? I guess maybe, I I don't know. Um, I just noticed the nonverbals and I like want to see them, you know, like I noticed one time when she's walking away from Zach, like their hands, like, you know, they'll try not to like hold on to hands. And then he looks back a whole lot of times because they don't want to leave. And I didn't, I noticed that they seem to part. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that Tasha and Ivan have so much in common that I wonder if it kind of went into maybe more friendly or like a brother sister type of bond. I feel like she definitely had more of a lusty attraction to Zach over Ivan. And maybe that kind of drove her decisions. Makes no sense. <laughs> I know Ivan's perfect. Yeah. I, um, so I think I, I thought it was interesting. There is some research on that whole religion component. Um, mm-hmm. and it is not a great predictor of success or not. If you are the same religion, however, Religion plays a very big role in how people view those two things, uh, money management and division of house labor. And so it's really kind of confounding. What we find is that if you are, let's say um, I'm a Muslim and I marry you and you are Christian, um, but we have the same beliefs, it is likely that we'll have a really good marriage um, as far as our how we manage money and stuff like that. Um, conversely, if we are both ardent Christians, but we have very different beliefs, we're probably not going to have a real good marriage, a real happy marriage. Now, divorce is a whole nother thing because, you know, some religions absolutely forbid it and people stay together in misery for, for years. But, um, I thought that was kind of interesting that it sounded like they had a lot in common. They had a lot of similar beliefs, but their religions weren't the same, so they couldn't get married. Um, so Look at that, that spontaneous extra credit. Yeah. That was good. We're, we're <laughs> unloading the extra credits where it's the last episode we <laughs> gotta gotta hit y'all with some knowledge. So uh so let's talk a little bit about Brendan. Poor Ivan. Brendan. Yeah, Ivan. Oh, see Ivan. Yeah. He will clean house on Bachelor in Paradise. Oh not the next bachelor. Absolutely. Yeah. Um him and Joe, team Bachelor. You know, it's going to be interesting because they're going to have, it's been so long since they've had a Bachelor in Paradise, they could cast it twice, you know? Yeah. So, Super yeah, so let's get to Brendan. I felt so sorry for Brendan because his date did come actually, I think after, so we had Ivan, then we had Zach and then we had Brendan's date. Right. Um, and you know, they both had, I felt like at least the ice bath, there is like touching and ways to connect. And then you had the painting with Zach, which we'll get to here in a little bit, but with poor Brendan, they're like, and we're going to go ring shopping. I'm sorry. First of all, when they <laughs> they have the scene where Neil Lane is like playing the piano and then he peeks over his shoulder. He's like, oh, I didn't know you were here. <laughs> <laughs> that's like Bill. Like, that's like your fantasy, isn't it? That you're just like playing the piano. Yes, and- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I can play it that well. And yeah. 
<laughs> so wild. Yeah, the the producers did Brendan wrong. I thought that date was they could have picked something different and they chose not to. I feel like that was like they were like, all right, here's the deal, Tasha. We're out of shit to do. Who yeah. is the person <laughs> that you don't have a good connection with and you just want it over, but you're too nice to say it? Like we will make him stand there while you try on rings. Um I felt like it was good marriage training though for him and, and conversely for like, I feel like it, just a lot of times in marriage, you end up doing stuff that your partner's into and you're just kind of like, all right. And then they do it for you. And, and that's the niceties of marriage. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He just looked like he was on the verge of puking the entire day. Yeah. I mean, and I honestly could feel the anxiety like it made me anxious watching it I was so uncomfortable <laughs> so did you all think that he was disinterested or this like put him into like level 12 panic I couldn't figure out because Danielle I think you said this he has like no facial expression and so the whole time I was like is he hating this or is he like oh crap do am I supposed to buy a ring now like none of these rings will I can't buy them on my salary. Like <laughs> both, both. Yeah. I think like one, he has the most beautiful eyes, but my goodness, both his facial expressions and his voice are so monotone. <laughs> um, I had, I had such a difficult time like reading Brendan. Um, but he also did seem panicked yeah yeah i texted danielle i was like this feels like he's getting terrorized like they should be waterboarding him right now basically that that is like how uncomfortable i felt <laughs> when i perused the internet it was pretty obvious everyone picked up on that too like yeah. everybody out in the uh, twitter verse was just like this is not going well yeah. So what did you all think when they, they actually do break up? How did you feel like that went? What were your thoughts? I think that's sim similar to what you were asked. I think that Brendan really genuinely was interested in Tasha, but I think he definitely wasn't ready to be committed in a marriage again. And I believe that date helped him figure that out pretty quickly. You know, I read something this morning that said that he was actually her number one pick and then he broke up with her in some ways, you know, and I wonder if there's truth in that. I don't know. I think it was reality Steve or someone yeah. who said that. So who knows? I think it might be. I remember watching a scene where she was like, I saw myself with him at the end of this, you know, like yeah. when he was leaving. Yeah. She did say something like it was going to be him. It was always going to be him. I guess I, I do think that there's like some like breakup remorse that people have, you know, where after they break up you, uh, what's the song by Simon and Garfunkel, Kodachrome, where it talks about like everything looks better in black and white. I think you kind of like canonize people after you break up with them and you don't think of all the things that could have gone wrong. Um, obviously she wasn't that broken up about it because she ended up with Zach, but right. I thought I thought it went about as well as a breakup could go. She seemed pretty yeah. mature about it. She said a younger me would be really mad, but I get it. And I feel like he was doing her a favor though. It might not seem like it at the time. Um, you know, him saying I'm not in a place where I'd be a good husband. And so. 
Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about before we jump into the date with Zach, and we can just we'll just handle Zach all at once. Um, like but it. let's talk a little bit about Ben returning. And okay, so Montana, I gotta know because yeah, apparently Montana. Yeah, Montana's team Ben. I so yes. I have a group, a group of, uh, I was telling you about um, Mackenzie Zudi and our friend Marissa. We all watch together and we oh, are all like team Ben. <laughs> Hi, Mackenzie. We, we said that we would adopt him and he could just like hang out with us for the rest of his life. And we would be perfectly fine with that. So but not they, like marry him. No, Sorry, not marry him. We just want to adopt him and like have him around. <laughs> so basically he's a puppy. Is what you're saying. Well, I think the two of them would probably be interested in marrying him. Um, so I won't speak on their behalf, but yeah, we are, we are team Ben for sure. But you're looking for like a, a puppy is like what I'm hearing from your side, like a really good looking puppy, like eye candy. A puppy with abs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a puppy with abs is kind of where I'm at in my life right now. I'm not mad about it. I, <laughs> yeah, I, hey. So I want to be persuaded. I want you to convince me to swoon over Ben. Tell me, like, why should I get dreamy-eyed? Other than because Ben can pull off skinny jeans better than I can. Yeah. What What is it about Ben? And he can pull off that raggedy wide neck tee. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I honestly feel like Ben is very genuine in what he says to Tasha, and he's very intentional in his wording. And I kind of feel that way with Zach too. And I think with both of them, it feels like they, this might not actually be a good case for Ben, but I'm just going to keep speaking. They seem like they always know how to say the right thing at the right time to a point where it feels to me with Zach, it felt like it was, disingenuous and with Ben I always believed that he felt what he was saying are you sold Danielle no I think <laughs> you wouldn't be <laughs> yes and no I mean I do I do think that Ben is genuine and I do think that in some ways he isn't as polished as Zach and yeah. I think you feel that, but I also think that I tend to read that as maybe lacking some emotional maturity. I yeah. think I could be team Ben in five years. I think Ben needs five more years and then of like just healing and growing and figuring himself out. I think that he's still learning a lot about himself and until he understands himself better, he isn't going to be as ready for a relationship. Yeah. And I think one last thing about Ben, I definitely agree with you. And I also, I feel like a lot of people that go on the show are like that, where they're obviously not ready to be in a relationship with anyone, but I think Ben handles it in a way where he's kind of aware of it. Like he knows that he's not ready and he's kind of still processing all of these experiences that he went through Whereas other contestants or whoever try to channel it differently, whether it's like lashing out at each other or whatever. 
I felt like I, I agree with Danielle. I, I, and I think you could tell it was Zach, like the life experience difference between Ben and Zach was very yeah. obvious. Um, I also thought it was interesting. Are we just, we just like, just going to talk about Ben. We're not going to. So she kissed him and then she seemed to immediately regret that. And then I got a text from Danielle at like five forty-five this morning. Cause she watched it this morning and was like, Oh my God, she kissed him which is how I felt last night, but she said no spoilers, so. Yeah, I felt that way too. I was, it felt awkward to me because they had this very intense makeout with each other and then they were just like, okay, bye. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what did you all think about the moment where he sits down and he's like, I love you, I should have told you this. And she's like, I'm gonna take a moment. And like this other walks (laughs) off. And I was like, ooh, at that point I was like, she's kind of pissed at him and for good reasons. And so I didn't know how that was gonna go. And then she just like sucks his face. And I'm like, oh, I hope you meant that. Cause it's gonna be hard to turn around and break up with him in 10 minutes if you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was sold on Zach and wanted like one more reassurance. Um so she made out with Ben, which good for her. Um, but I don't think she had any intention of keeping him. Um, and I kind of felt like even when she was talking, he was talking to her parents, I felt like you could tell she was not as sold on him. Um, so I feel like she thinks she should be sold on him. Yeah, I saw that in in your comments that when he was speaking to her family, it felt more like he wasn't speaking about her, but speaking about how she made him feel. And I definitely agree with that. Right. So my friend, Christy Marchesani, hi, Christy, um, said that, and it was a really good point. And then once she said it, like, that's all I could hear when he was talking to her family was like, she makes me feel so good. I really like the way she makes me feel. I'm happy that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was never like, I think I respect these things about her. I think these things are great about her. And when she was talking to Zach, when she, you know, they had kind of this conversation that I'm sure we'll talk about. um, He said, you know, I don't care what you do with your career. I want to be with you. I support you. You're awesome. And it it just, it was very different. And probably some of that has to do with the, like we said, the maturity, you know, I think at a certain point you get older and you kind of realize that you're not the center of the universe. Um, You know, if you're really going to take on a partner in a relationship, you need to like think about, instead of me, the we, and like, how do we support each other? And uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that, um, I really noticed the different ways that they talked. It's interesting, because I think that Ben is more charismatic than Zach. I think that he is likely to be someone that can make an impression quicker than Zach can. Whereas I think Zach is more articulate and being able to express the way that he's feeling than I think Ben is. So it was such an interesting thing, but I definitely was aware of how Ben would talk about how he made or she made him feel instead of the way that like the things that he appreciated about her, if that makes sense or them together as you said though i wondered how much her dad's comments 
played in her final or her decision to send him home too, because she seemed not, I mean, she seemed like she appreciated them, but she also seemed like she didn't appreciate them in some ways. And only the way your parents can make you feel when they tell you something that you know is right, but you're kind of like, come on, mom and dad, like, let me, you know, let me do it. I'll figure this out on my own. (laughs) Well, or even like, not like, like, let me do what I want. Um, but you're the voice of reason and I know what I should. It's kind of like when you're a kid and your parents were like, I'm going to let you make the decision, but you know what you should do. You know, <laughs> I wonder that too. I don't, I don't know if this is common, but it felt like she really was seeking her dad's approval and trying to figure out which guy he liked more. And I didn't know if, if that's common um, with bachelor bachelorettes in particular that they kind of, go to their fathers for advice on who they're going to marry. I definitely think, and Danielle, you're, this is more in your area, but thinking back to all of the bachelor and bachelorettes, it seems like the men make a decision. The bachelors make a decision and they tell their parents and then they kind of, the parents say, Oh, that's a good decision. The women seem to ask for permission from somebody and then make their decision, Um, which is odd. Yeah. It was also interesting because you didn't see any of the guys ask for permission to propose. And you almost always have someone that does that. Or even if they're like, oh, this is like a little old fashioned. I don't like Mm -hmm. need to do that. They're still like, "Ah, I'm going to do that, (laughs) you know? So I thought that that was interesting. Um, I also, I meant to bring this up last week and forgot um, we had a person email us and point out. Oh yeah. Megan. Hi Megan. Yeah, Megan Boy so Costner. Megan. Thank you, Megan. Yeah. Megan's awesome. And shout she, out. She asked, you know, one thing that she pointed out is the circumstances where the family's coming to them and not being able to go to any of their homes was kind of talking about how that can function potentially as an equalizer that, you don't get to see their houses. They don't have to like prepare a meal or go through all of the work to kind of have a camera crew in. And I thought that that was really interesting. I had read somewhere that at least in the last few years, they actually aren't going to their houses that like their stage homes um, that they're in. And so, um, and I don't think that that was how it was at, in some of the earlier seasons. But I, I thought that that was like such an interesting point to sort of think about the labor that goes into like preparing a home for a visit and how homes themselves can be a sign of class and status and things like that in a way that this was sort of, that was removed from this, this time. Right. The, the ladies in the, the Hannibal watching pod uh, made a point that they would never marry a guy without going to their house to see their level of cleanliness. And which I was like, that's, that's a fair point. Like, you know, dating someone and going to see their living space and not like how much money they have, but like the level of cleanliness, I feel like that is pretty important. Danielle looks like she's going to pop an aneurysm. I like, okay. I adore my heart. 
Danielle likes her floors grouted. <laughs> I I love Ryan dearly, but I was just thinking about so when we first started dating, he was living with his friend Cam, and their apartment was disgusting. And I remember, like, I don't know if they actually ever washed their clothes. There's just this heaping pile of clothes. When they moved out of the apartment, I think that, like, they put all of their pots and pans from the sink into, like, laundry baskets and took them to their parents' houses and washed them in a dishwasher. And I'm like... That should have let me know that I needed to make enough money to hire someone to clean for us. <laughs> you know, like, um, Ryan has learned how to properly do the dishes <laughs> and laundry, but yeah, um, I saw it, but I was blinded by love, and here we are 15 years. <laughs> That's so sweet. I kind of agree, though, and I mean, even in that situation if you're going to their homes or these staged homes or whatever they are I think it gives you a better understanding of kind of what your future with them could possibly look like which I think definitely could change decisions so I like the equalizer of everybody just hanging out at the La Quinta (laughs) I feel like Ben probably is fairly clean though because he's ex-military Oh yeah, I think so too. I don't have a vibe on Zach, but I think, no. yeah. Um, he sweats a lot. That's what I know about Zach. Poor guy. <laughs> I think everyone did. I but he was like the champion sweater. That part last episode where they were kissing and it was like dripping off of him. I was like, oh, poor guy. Well, so let's talk about Zach a little bit. So they they get to go on their date and they are covering each other in paint, which Connie, I believe, thought was disgusting. Yes. Um, <laughs> Connie Hanson like, was having none of it. <laughs> she was not into the paint. I was like, bring on the paint. So much better than ice baths. <laughs> like, whatever. Um, so... So, Bill, you you said that, um, and I don't quite remember this, so fill me in. They had a conversation about kids and... Oh, yeah. They they did have a conversation, um, and he told his mom he could see himself having kids, but previously he had not. Um, and uh, then I think Tasha kind of asked him about it, you know, like, hey are you just saying that you want kids? You know, what happens? Cause I think that's pretty important to her, which is pretty big sticking point. You know, if, if one person wants kids and one person doesn't, I don't know how you resolve that. Um, you know, if, if, if it's a very like, I want them, I don't. Um, but then he said he did. So there was a lot of people online that were wondering if, and I don't know if people here are familiar with meatloaf, who is one of the greatest, songwriters of all time but he wrote a song called paradise by the dashboard lights and it's basically about this guy that wants to have sex and so he lies so that this girl has sex with him but he promises to be with her for the rest of his life and then the, it ends him basically saying he's waiting for the end of time 
because he can't <laughs> be with her anymore. And people online were like, is that going to basically be like, oh, this was a promise too far? Because um, it turns out, and Danielle, you'd know better than me, but kids are expensive and they're a lot of work. Indeed, they pee on you. Yes, that was another text I got this morning. <laughs> yeah. So what what are your thoughts, Mantina? I want to hear. I want to yeah. hear you. Uh, on Zach or their date in particular? Their, their talk about kids. Oh, I feel like he's always been kind of wishy-washy about what his exact answer is on that. I have never really come to a clear conclusion. I don't even think I know now if, if he really meant it or not. <laughs> Bill, is there research on this? Is that something that you know off the about, top of your head or anything about? Yeah, how it's people- a major sticking point. I mean, um, if one person wants him, generally what you find is that both people don't really know. Um, and if there's communication, they kind of come to an understanding. Um, however, if your partner does not want them and you want them and there's not communication around that, it's not a good outcome. Um, the other thing you have to think about is it's one thing to say, I want kids. Um, it's a whole nother thing to have kids, especially if there's infertility issues, then you need to think about, are we going to go through IVF, which is not a walk in the park from what I understand, you know, it's, it's expensive. Um, it's not very pleasant for the wife, um, because of the hormone treatments. Um, and there's no guarantee that it can work, which is really, mentally stressful on people. Um, and then you can talk about adoption, but people have feelings around that. And so, um, part of it, my thing was him saying, yeah, I want kids. And it's like, probably your better answer would be like, I'm open to having kids, but we need to explore that and talk about what that looks like. Because when you just carte blanche say it, like she might think, well, I want to adopt 10 kids and he may not be on board with adoption or she may want to foster kids or he may want to foster kids. And, and some people have, you know, strong feelings about that. So, and maybe they had those conversations. I was just, as I was watching it, I was like, Oh man, that's a, that's a big conversation that's being wrapped up into 35 seconds or whatever it was. And I worry about people watching it and thinking like, that's the conversation you have. I well, want I kids. It, it is, can be a negotiation, I think between two people, you know, um, I think it took, you know, I had kids a little bit later and it took me a long time to decide if I wanted to have kids in part because I didn't know, do I want to have kids or do I want to have kids? Cause that's just what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it took us a really long time to get pregnant. And so, um, you know, I think that it's just, I, yeah, I think that that's something that sometimes you also figure out as you go through life and he is older i mean like he's 30 isn't he 36 38 i think 38 oh gosh that old (laughs) his eggs are shriveled up oh my goodness that's beautiful imagery thank you i'm kind of a minor league poet if you didn't know so they're in the fantasy they they have their fantasy suite one he at he's in a hotel yeah with a huge bedroom like his bedroom can compared to ivan's box bed is not fair (laughs) i wanted to know what they had set up for brendan like if he would have gone to the fantasy yeah where were they taking him like 
was it gonna be i don't know what it, guys I, I told you they knew she was getting rid of him and they didn't even get a room didn't, like, that's why yeah. that's why they had like all the beautiful lights in the trees at their dinner because they were like this is it yep had he been like <laughs> no i'm staying they would have been like shit <laughs> calling the la quinta front desk and like what do you got and they're like well we only have two single beds all right, fine. Screw it. Let's do it. Just get them in the two single beds. Right. Push them together. We'll push the beds together, which Elaine's grandma had. And she was like, when we went and stayed with her the first time, she's like, and you can push those beds together if you want. And we're still <laughs> young and dumb. And we're like, yeah, let's do that. And I ended up like falling into the crack. And then the next morning I was like, this is, this is not happening. Like separate beds for us, separate beds. Oh, that's hilarious. Like, so they do tell each other that they love each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I think it's quite common on the show to have the contestant say that they love them, but not as common for the bachelor or the bachelorette to say, I love you back. I read an article about that and apparently it is a big no, no for the batch, the, the, I think they call him the principal or the chief. So the person who is the bachelor, the bachelorette to say, I love you back. Um, like they try to not let them do that um, because they don't want it to screw up the the production of the show. Um, which so when I heard <laughs> what, which we saw earlier this season with Claire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is why they don't do it. Right. Because of that. But they did dance on the bed. And that did look like fun. We can all, that is a COVID approved activity. (laughs) I love jumping on hotel beds. I like, even now as an adult, that's one of the first things I do. Oh, our big thing right now is we put all of our laundry on our bed and then the kids take the dogs like stairs that he has and they put them put them on the bed and they jump off the stairs onto the giant laundry pile. So that sounds, there's some that sounds so fun. Exciting bed activities. You should get a dresser stairs on the dresser, like a higher. Yeah. That would be wild. They danced on the bed. And then they also had that where they kind of learned that choreography for the first dance. Oh, and that was super sweet. And Yeah. I mean, I have a background in like thinking about, you know, dance and how it like brings people together. And I think that's a very intimate way to get to know one another, kind of like through the nonverbals, like you mentioned, Danielle. So I think any dance that or any date that might involve dance is is a good opportunity to kind of build a stronger connection. Ooh, so I have a question for you, Montana. Do you think that was legitimate or do you think they're setting Tasha up to be on Dancing with the Stars? Because that's where my mind went. It was like, boom, like they want her on Dancing with the Stars. And she did not look like an exceptionally good dancer. Yeah. But she looks like she should be a really good dancer. Like she's right. built like she should like, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, the Bachelorette has a a tradition at this point of being on Dancing with the Stars. So I would love to see her on there. I thought that it was, I really loved that moment in part because it started out and it was so uncomfortable. She was so nervous. I was like, Ooh, where's this going? And he did such a great job of 
I wouldn't say calming. He didn't try to calm her down. He just kind of let her feel what she was feeling and then let her move through it. And I I thought that that was really, I might've started to become a Zach fan a little bit in that moment. You could tell he has danced and she is not. (laughs) You could also tell that she gets very um, edgy when she is not immediately good at something. Mm. Like you could tell it was really bothering her that she was not getting it right away. Um, and I felt like watching, you may not know this. I was in show choir in high school, so kind of a dance expert. Um, now, uh, but you could tell that he's taken some type of dance lesson. Like he was getting it very quickly. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I really did it much like Montana said, I learned something today, but it was a very good way to, uh, if you're shy, force girls to interact with you which was really my only game in high school. So next question is going to be, what's your best show choir song? <laughs> oh, like the all time best show choir song. Oh, I don't know. I'll think about it. Next question. Yeah. All right. In the future. So I guess when Zach meets her family, what are there other things that we haven't brought up yet that you'd like, to mention about those moments. I thought, I would, oh, go ahead. I would like to, like the way that the two of you talk about Ben is like how I feel about, or how I felt about Zach. Like it took me a really long time to believe what he was saying or like that he felt those emotions behind it. And I think that was the point where I actually did feel like he was being genuine and that he is just a very well-spoken and probably the most articulate person that I've ever seen on the show. I thought he seemed very earnest when he talked to her parents. I I felt like he owned his past, which can't be easy for him. And, you know, we were talking in our house, like if you had a problem with addiction, like it's got to come up at some point with your in-laws probably when do you bring it up and how do you bring it up? And, you know, I don't, I don't have any good advice for that. Um, but I felt like he did a really good job and, you know, kind of telling, telling them what his life was and how it, how it's going to make him a good spouse. And I was fairly sold. So let's talk about this proposal. Would you Spoiler all- alert, by the way, if you have not watched the, up uh, the, the, yeah. she may pick any of the four people we've talked about at this point or no one (laughs) turn it off right now i think we probably already have (laughs) spoiled things (laughs) (laughs) um so let's talk about this final scene what do you all think like Before I get into too much, I just want to say Tasha's dress game has been on point all season. And this wedding engagement dress was like kind of a downer for me. <laughs> oh, why? Why was it a downer? For I don't. Well, I was talking to my group of friends and we thought y'all know the Xenon girl of the 21st century and they're kind of like futuristic costumes. It felt like that material and the bow on the back was kind of weird and just like the one strap. We talked a lot about how we were a little bit uh, upset with the dress that she chose. 
I thought at first you were saying she looked like Xena warrior princess. And I was, <laughs> I'm not seeing that. Like, <laughs> Which shows you how much I pay attention to the dress. I'm out guys. <laughs> I thought that one, I was really kind of, I was unsurprised mm-hmm. with the way that she broke up with Ben. I was unsurprised. She has, I think that she preferred to make decisions before they became too hard of decisions, right? So I thought that it was thoughtful of her to break up with Ben before letting him get to the stage of potentially proposing and then having to say no. But I I was also really unsurprised by any of that. Yeah, I I also am wondering because there's kind of like a a conspiracy that the producers maybe didn't edit this well together cuz she's like wearing this jean romper or something one day and then on her date with Zach, she's in this black dress and then it goes back to her in the romper when she breaks up with Ben. So I'm wondering if that actually all happened in the same day and then she was just there with Zach the rest of the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kim Kim Hannah pointed that out. Um, to me and I did not notice that but um, yeah definitely there was something there the editing was uh, not up to the standards it usually is you could tell that it was out of sequence yeah so yeah I'm wondering if if she maybe broke up with Ben before she even went on her date with Zach and then at that point she was just focused on like spending her time with him I, I wondered if she said, can I go on a date with him? And then I will make that decision. And then we will move on to Zach, you know, like, um, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, final um, scene. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Daniel. No, that's good. I was going to say, I thought that the proposal was beautiful, but I'm also a sap and I sob at these stupid things. Um, I don't know why. I just get really happy when people are in love. <laughs> And actually, I should say, I think like beautiful friend moments, like student teacher moments. I'm just weepy for people caring about each other. (laughs) And so um, I thought that it was a really beautiful proposal, though. Um, You could feel her nerves. Uh, I wasn't 100% sure if she was going to be engaged at the end of this. But I also felt like everything that was exchanged between them was genuine. Mm -hmm. I agree. He's intact. I cried as well, Danielle. I was bawling like a baby too. And I didn't expect that because I didn't like Zach always. But kind of what you're saying, the way that they speak to each other and just their attentionality with the words that they choose to say, it's like you... I feel like they are genuinely like in love with each other. I like that they're both dorks. Yeah. I think their dorkiness connection is is good. But there are other ways that like they just don't yeah. feel like quite matched to me. And I don't know. Maybe that's because I think she's I also think that she's gorgeous. And I just don't find him attractive so i don't maybe some of it's just that mismatch for me i don't know i did not cry 
not to get too like manly on you. Um, I thought he was almost uncomfortably intense at times because she doesn't seem like a very intense person. And so I think that's what I'm picking up with. Like what you said, Danielle, is that I just, there's some things that they match on, but then there's other things that I just, um, I'm not sure they're a good match. And then also I just, I wonder what it would be like to be married to somebody that intense as he is, if you are not also always going in the same direction they are. Um, and I wonder if sometimes you have a tendency to get run over by them. Um, so I was reading Michelle Obama's book and she was talking about how one of the things when she first started dating Barack Obama was that she had to learn how to not get up caught up in the hurricane that is Barack Obama, um, which I never thought, but you know, you, you don't just, well, up until this current presidency, you don't just stumble into the presidency. Like, you know, if you're a politician, your life has to be curated all the way up. Um, and to be a spouse of that person, I think you would, it'd be easy to just be like on their ride with them. And, and I wonder if somebody like Zach, if that, like, you know, do you have to worry about that? Like, is your life just going to be like him having this idea and going for it and you feeling like you're getting railroaded all the time. That's my question. If you I think answer. that's a, I feel like his family is kind of like that as well. So I think that's a fair question. If she's going to marry into their, they seem, she seems a lot more outgoing uh, than they are. I got I'm the really vibe that the man was the head of the household in Zach's family. Yes, very much so. Sorry, Danielle, I interrupted you. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that that ring is going to get really messy when she cooks all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I, it will be interesting. I actually, I didn't know if they were still together. I saw her Instagram story. They were to, you know, like they were in that, but when I, her last post was like, Oh, it's the finale. This is like bittersweet. And I thought that that was like such an interesting, I don't know. Like, I feel like if I was engaged to someone and they were like, oh, it's like a bittersweet that they're breaking up with other people. (laughs) I don't know. I think I'd be like, bye. Like, yeah, got to decide at some point. You got to grow up at some point, Peter Pan. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I also, full disclosure, I knew very early on that Zach actually was going to win because I read a spoiler. And I think that kind of clouded my judgment about him because as she began like dating these other people, I was like, why is she, she choosing Zach over all these great guys, you know? And I think that kind of maybe clouded um how i felt about him but it seems like they're doing great they're obviously i think they're on good morning america and a whole bunch of other stuff so i wasn't sure if they were going to still be together either because reality steve at one point said she ends up with him but they break up and then he was like now they're back on so it's just a whirlwind I feel like COVID probably has an impact on that. They haven't like had a chance to go out and get really drunk at a bar and get in a good, a good argument about something really meaningless. And then <laughs> I feel like how you address that argument the next morning says a lot about how your marriage is going to go. Yeah. It kind of brings, so we were going to, instead of extra credits, 
Bill had this awesome idea that we would offer one thing from our field to help the happy couple on their journey. And I was like thinking about this because most of my research isn't really on interpersonal relationships. It's more about community and culture. And so I was trying to think about it, but I did have a colleague give me really good marriage advice, which was make sure you know how to fight with each other. Ooh, that is really, yeah. So like you kind of talking about like the bar argument or whatever, like I think that learning how, how do we fight with each other? What are we like when we fight? Do you, like, I'm a talker, I'm an external processor. You know, if, you know, like Ryan, he tends to be, he's like that, but he also needs to, he needs more time thinking about something before it comes out of his mouth. Or like, oh, I, for me. Um, and so like learning to give each other what each other needs in an argument too is really important. And so I don't know, Bill, you made me think of that with your comments. So I decided to move us there. No, What's I think, yeah, I think that's really good. Like, and just fighting fair, you know, like, I mean, it's one thing it's important to stand up for yourself. There's definitely a way to stand up for yourself that doesn't degrade your partner. Um, and I think that's probably when they say the first year of marriage is so difficult, that's probably a lot of it is figuring out also what battles do I take? What battles do I not take? You know, cause I mean, I think probably in every relationship you realize there's just some things that it's just not worth your time. Like, um, if I was going to uh, pick one, I would probably say you, you never go wrong making sure that your partner's happy and learning about what makes them happy and then making sure you do those things. So it kind of goes back to one of our first episodes. We talked about the love languages. Um, and, and though I'm not, I don't think that there's actually like love languages. What I do think is that your partner appreciates some things more than others. And it helps you out not one bit to do things that you appreciate that they don't. So your partner likes clean bed sheets, clean the bed sheets. That's super easy. Um, don't go buy them a diamond ring if they don't like jewelry, right? You know, then you just end up feeling a little bit annoyed that you put out for this diamond ring and they don't appreciate it that much where you could have just taken the 20 minutes to wash the bed sheets and it's going to make them happy. So that's awesome. Montana, okay. do, you, yeah. do you have something? What? I don't have any marriage advice. <laughs> Relationship advice. Um, I like what you both said. I would also say. This is turning into like a discussion forum in my online class. <laughs> Danielle, what you said is really good. I really like it. <laughs> the things you are saying are good and they make me feel good. <laughs> One other thing, Montana, you might relate to this that I was like thinking about too. And this is kind of just life advice, but I always think about Kenneth Burke. Oh, my kid is in here. Hey, Harper. <laughs> Do you know are any really small tube, like littler than a toilet paper roll? Like really tiny. A really small tube? Are you yeah. doing a craft? Yeah. I, um, you know what, Harper? Go ask Dad for it, and I'll be. I'll come help you in just a little bit. Just okay? Find a roll of toilet paper, Harper. Just take it all off <laughs> the roll. We Danielle, have a roll. So, the look Danielle just shot me was like shot <laughs> all off anger. Yeah, smaller than toilet paper. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what to tell you, bud. 
Yeah, we've got about 20 toilet paper rolls downstairs for crabs. So I'll come and help you in just a minute, bud. Um, what I was going to say is comic and tragic frame is that, so Kenneth Berg talks about comic and tragic frame and it's a way of viewing the world. A comic frame means that you see people as mistaken, not evil. Where in a tragic frame, you think that someone's evil because they did something wrong, that's who you are. And I think it's so important to see your partner and just you know people in general that you're having issues with as mistaken and therefore capable of doing better as opposed to like, oh, well, this is just how you are and you're a jerk face and punk. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I think just being open with your feelings because I, I think oftentimes people just bottle up how they're feeling instead of having like an adult conversation about if someone made me mad, why? And trying to resolve it that way. I think also, and this might just be me personally, but I don't think it is. I think you just have to find someone that you have fun with together. That's always what, like you're going to spend the rest of your life with this person. So you want to make sure for me that it's going to be a fun life to live. I agree. Absolutely. So? So, season and a statement. And a wild ride. It's, I, I think the ending is, how did I say this to myself? It felt like a rom-com ending to a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's awesome. I think that's the title of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so I, I get it right when I write a rom com ending to a horror flick. Yeah. Oh man, that is good. Like they literally rode off into the sunset together in their craft taxi. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, I feel like I'm cheating a little, but I think that my word for this season is actually decisive. That I felt between Claire and Tasha and maybe it's their maturity level and age and stuff, but they both seem so much more yep. decisive than yeah. so many of the other seasons, in especially compared to Pilot Pete. In different ways, but both like commendable, I feel like, you know, I mean, they, they got what they wanted. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I also want to share um, my favorite meme that I saw. Oh yeah. I don't know if y'all can see this. There you go. Says the Bachelorette ending oh, tomorrow. Sad. The Bachelorette uh, st starting in two weeks. That's a good setup, Danielle. We doing yeah. it? We're totally doing it. Are you kidding? Right. So I there mean, will be a season two of Bachadamia, and it will be Matt James. I'm so excited for Matt James. Yeah, I am too. I think it's going to be a good season. The there are some comments about like his cast seems a little bit younger kind of similar to pete's uh season so we'll see how that goes i went and looked into it and there are some some shitsters in there it's gonna be it's gonna be what i come to the table for which is a lot of drama like yeah. i know danielle comes for the love stories i come for the train wreck yes and you all, our listeners, come for all of the, the education. <laughs> yes, yeah. We will throw in bits of educational-ish stuff. So is that it? Is that a wrap on the season? Absolutely. Happy holidays. Yeah. Happy Whatever holiday, holiday you separate. 
Absolutely. Celebrate. Did I say separate? Jeebus <laughs> crabbers. Celebrate. Celebrate. Uh, happy New Year at 11.59 p.m. Everything will get back to normal. I think that's how that works. Montana, you get the last word. <gasps> Do I? Any shout outs? Any? Oh, I should be forward that. Thank you to everyone who's listened this season. Um, thank you to our mothers and mother-in-laws <laughs> who have listened. <laughs> our former students, our current students. I think our spouses who have put up with me, my spouse at least. I got Ryan to talk about The Bachelor for like 20 minutes last night. I feel like it was an important milestone in our relationship. Next season, we will have a spouse episode where we have both spouses. Ooh, that sounds fun. I would say, I I think my last comment is this, this is really the first season I've been super invested the whole way through. And it really felt like I was immersed like every night when the bathroom was on I watched it live I was scrolling through memes texting my friends like it was just like such an immersive few weeks so I would just like to say that and then hi to all my friends that I watch with nice. Marissa McKenzie my best friend Ellen uh, and my friend Sarah and Megan you have a lot of M names for friends yeah yeah <laughs> all right that's it Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Bachadamia with your hosts, Drs. Daniel Dick McGue and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at batchadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at batchadamia. Thanks for listening. <laughs>